Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you. We're going to talk sports for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of that uh, time here with us. Here's the BMW Des Moines guest list here today. We did have an addition late in the program or late in the, um, I guess, pregame, if you will, of the of the show. We're going to put Mike Palm up just with everything that went down in Vegas over the weekend, particularly when it came to the tie, potential of a tie in Sunday night football. But first of all, we'll start with Scott Dockerman. About the bottom of the hour, Doc will be in here. He's back from vacation. He will join us. I'll put a bow on the football program and move over to basketball. The Hawks, they are off until Thursday when they will host uh, Indiana. But Scott Darkman up at 10.30. Mike Palm from Circus Sports. Uh, we'll get to him at about 10.50. Also get the liability. Who does Circa need tonight when it comes to the national championship game? I think everybody's got the line at 3 as we speak. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will talk about that national championship game at 11.05. And then Nick Oson uh, from Cyclone Alert, part of the 24-7 Sports. He will join us uh, at uh, 11.30 or so. We'll recap. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, a game that Cyclones look to have, well, maybe not well in hand, but certainly uh, looking, trending in the right direction uh, with about 10 minutes left in the basketball game, only to um, uh, fall apart, I think, fair to say, in the final 10 minutes. And to be fair, we haven't seen that at all up until this past Saturday. And then uh, Trent's play of the day, and if he doesn't have Georgie's on the wrong side, away we go. How are you? Oh, I don't know if I need to be listening to you after another Not week. Really. and Not after a whole season, never mind. More kicked off on Saturday with Montana State looking, well, like Well, Montana Tommy Mallott, to my defense, now he can't stop the run. Right. <laughs> but he was leading his team down the field and got hurt in the first series, and then it was over at that point. But, I mean, North so Dakota betting, State was just out-physicaled him, Trent. You bet against North Dakota State, yep. and now tonight you're betting against Alabama. I am. Not I think I learned my lesson. That has not been very profitable throughout the years. No, the entire year has just been an unmitigated disaster, uh, for, at least from my perspective. But uh, we'll get into that game coming up. A crazy day in the NFL. Oh, man. A uh, wild morning in the NFL. Spielman and Zimmer, Pace and Nagy, both out Flores in Miami, which is the head. There's always one, right? Mm-hmm. That makes you go, well, that surprises me. And that was, I mean, he was 8 and 1 in his last nine. Now, I get it. And you had that first September, October weren't, uh, didn't go the, the Dolphins' way, but still, uh, that's a bit of a surprise. We'll see what happens in Houston. Of course, Fangio got canned yesterday morning. We know there's an opening in Jacksonville. I hope there isn't an Oakland, I mean, in Vegas. 
Versace, I mean, what more does he need to do? Mm -hmm. The year that this franchise has had, and don't look now, they're in the playoffs. What a game. What a wild, wild weekend in football. Last night was one of the most riveting. I had butterflies. I I really, I I swear to God, I had butterflies. That doesn't happen anymore. You know what happens right. in this business. You become jaded. jaded. You be, right. Yeah, you just it just doesn't have those. And I was just on the edge of my seat. Yeah. So entranced in that game and the decisions and the timeout <laughs> and just everything and what a tie would mean. And we joked about it and people are firing bets at it and just on and on and on. See the guy that got it at 100 to 1. Yes. And he had, what, $10,000, I think, on his Trent, there were some huge decisions. That Daniel Carlson field goal as the buzzer, or as the clock expired, was literally worth millions, yes, tens of millions of dollars. Had he missed, had they not attempted the field goal, this was a huge decision. You saw after the game Austin Eckler talking to a Raiders player? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw it, it this morning. And it looked like, again, we don't know exactly, uh-huh. but it looked like Eckler said, we're going to kneel it. Yeah. The guy said, yeah, and just the look on his face right. like, oh. Well, about the time, look, I, I get it. Look, going for it, fourth and whatever it was on your own 18-yard line, mm-hmm. that's the Staley decision. It's just, you know, stick the analytics book right where the sun doesn't shine. Uh, that was a terrible call. But the timeout, tackle Jacobs. Right. Take the right angle. And they went, they used the timeout to get their run defense out there, to get their best run-stopping uh-huh. defense out there, and they... But they took a linebacker off the field is Mm -hmm. why he's getting killed for that. He said one thing and did the other. Murray went off the field. Not that he's the, you know, the best run stopper, but they, instead of having a linebacker, they put a safety in the hole and, um, we, we saw the result as Jacob was able to get the 10 yards into field goal position. What were you hoping for? Uh, a tie just for the (laughs) storyline. Just because it would have been so crazy and it would have been remembered. And this game's still going to be remembered for a long time. I mean, Uh this is one of the most epic final week games that we had Sunday night football oh in a long gosh. time. I mean, this is going to be remembered for a long time. And Herbert, time in and time Chad, out. How good is he, right? He was better on fourth down than he was yes. in the other down. Absolutely was. Some of those throws, just absolute mm-hmm. rockets coming out of his arm. And this isn't fourth and one, fourth and two. Right. This is 10 plus. Yes. And just throw an absolute dime, time in and time out. How about out. the touchdown? 20, how many yards? 21 yes. yards? 22 yards? Whatever what, it was? What was the Raiders defense doing on that play? Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was another way. I mean, he just run unabated. Mm-hmm. Nobody stepped in front. Nobody bumped him. Kind nothing. like the Rams at the end of their game. Oh, another one Jesus. there. It was one of those games that is going to be long remembered. For the story, I wanted the tie. But mm-hmm. here's the other part. People killing the Raiders, even for attempting that field goal. Because yeah, it could have been blocked and yeah. run back. And, yeah. and I saw that and I thought... Look at who they're going to play, though. Yeah. The difference between playing agree. Cincinnati and Kansas City is mm-hmm. stark. Mm-hmm. They got clubbed twice right. by this Kansas City team. Yeah, beating a team three times is more difficult. Yeah. I get all that. But you get the choice. No, you want to play Cincinnati every it's, single time. And it's not even mm-hmm. close. So for the consternation that was out there for that part of it, I didn't get it at all. No, I didn't either. And I thought I was, am I missing something? No, no you weren't missing anything. A tie, you play Kansas City. Yeah. A win, you play Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It's an easy decision. Mm-hmm. It's an you play easy the first decision. game on a Saturday, the, the the finale on Sunday. You don't want to go to Arrowhead Stadium. No, I mean I think I still think Cincinnati will beat them, but I'm as you said, they didn't even put up a fight in the first two games against the Chiefs this year. What a wild, wild weekend in the NFL! My gosh, if the playoffs come anywhere close to this. How good are we? Have, do we as fans have it? I haven't looked at weather, but I have looked at the point spread and the numbers. How about Cincinnati against Vegas? 49 and a half is the total. 
I mean, doesn't that thing de- seem destined for 38, 35? The way, yeah. The way, well, yes, I, I, yeah. I, it does. Now, at Cincinnati, it could be freezing cold, and mm-hmm. yeah, it might not, might not be that kind of game. But on the surface here, that mm-hmm. was my first bet that I looked at right away. I'm playing the total. Now, I'm not a total player normally. That one jumped right off the page to me. What a fun weekend we got set up. We got our first ever Monday night football yeah. playoff game. How incredible that's going to be. You get the Cardinals at the Rams, and you mentioned the Rams up 17 nothing. All right. Now, they were home free. McVay doesn't have to worry about yeah. this. All right, his old protege's got his number. Doesn't have to worry about that. And what happens? Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. That dude. Mm-hmm. Hand him the ball, yep. he gets seven. Throw him the ball, yeah. he gets 55. It, Trent, he's a Swiss Army knife. The guy can do everything. Got to give Jimmy G credit. Mm-hmm. For gutting it out and playing the way that he did. Because he mean, looked awful early. He did. Um and he's got torn ligaments in his thumb on his throwing hand, and he threw some darts he at did. the end of that football game, man. He really did. Oh, my gosh. What a fun, fun weekend of football. Get the Steelers in. Yeah, that hurt. It's a good story. Though. It is. I like the story. I, right. just, I just had a bet uh, on the on the under, and you know, I got my money's worth of nothing else. Yes, right? you Took did. Into yeah. overtime right. before it was decided, as I had a strong opinion on Pittsburgh not uh, covering eight and a half or not uh, going over eight and a half wins this year. But the story, one hundred percent, totally agree. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, one more time, I'm um, I'm all for it. Forty ers Cowboys getting that game mm-hmm. again. I mean, that's the game of my youth, nineties game. Oh that my was gosh, just that's those a great point back and uh, forth, and the guys that were jumping teams going back and stick forth. Park yes. or. Original Cowboy Stadium. Oh, jeez. They did play some thrillers, didn't they? That's, a, jer- that's a Jersey game. How there. many? Yes, it is. How many times as you think back to those games in the nine? Well, this is a real Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. Every single time, yes. right? Right, yeah. And he got Dion going back and forth between right, the two teams. And teams. He wasn't alone. Haley. Charles Haley, yeah. yes, did the exact same thing. And just those games were so epic. And it's crazy to think that. This will be the first time we've seen it since, what, 1995, I think I saw. Is that a fact? Last time these two teams played in the playoffs. How huh. good that's going to be. Again, a Jersey game, yep. middle of the afternoon on Sunday, just absolutely perfect. Six games, wild card weekend. Mm. And this leads to tonight, the national championship game. The penultimate Monday of football. There's no buzz. There's no... Yeah, I know. You have to find a better way, even during bowl season, and as fun as we had during bowl Here's season. Here's my question, Threat, to you. What's the? Why are they married to Monday? What, what if would, they played this on Thursday night this week? Right. Push it back a little push bit Push it more. back. You're yeah. okay. you, you get away from the weekend of the NFL. Mm-hmm. The, and you kick it off. And you get some build-up. Right. Because, you build up to yes. it because you're not building up on, on Sundays. You're not getting anything. No. What's why, why are they married to Monday? What's what's the ma- what's the magic formula that you know we this makes more sense to play on Monday than Thursday? Why? I think it's a really good point, and just thinking of it, and the wheels are turning in my mind. Why not? Because here, what is even prime today, time? What, what what what's TV? I mean, it's ESPN, right? So what the, do they have on Thursday? What night? are they going up College against? Basketball. They're going to win anyways, right? So with that, you put it on Thursday. Today's Black Monday, uh-huh. and nationally. Yeah, we're a college market. We're different right. here. But nationally, what's we're also dominating? Vikings in a Bears market. Right. And, and that's what's going to be the conversation uh-huh. on a national scale. It's you flip on WEI, you flip on Fox Sports Radio, you flip on a national broadcast mm-hmm. or a big local broadcast, mm-hmm. and they're not talking, they're no. talking NFL. Especially in NFL cities. But you push that back to Thursday. Right. I like that idea a lot. I think it's something that needs to happen. But ultimately, you need to fix your playoff. You do. Yeah. You need to have some buzz. They lose going from 
for my money, the best regular season in sport. Mm-hmm. College football has the best regular season and the worst playoff structure. And because of that, you lose so much momentum over the course of well, the month and a half, basically, to get to this point. One plus, I guess, five weeks to get to this game. Mm-hmm. Something better has to be out there. It's a 12-team playoff. We know it. Yeah. And we'll find out, is it today? Uh, they're supposed to meet with the presidents today. Okay. And they were supposed to, find, because they've been very tight-lipped. They mm-hmm. met Saturday, met again yesterday. And this is a group that likes to talk. That's a great point. That's a great point. There's a lot of loose lips out there. So that makes you wonder, right? Uh huh. Is actually something happening? Because everything I've heard from the Bruce Feldmans of the world, the national talking heads in college football was ultimately we're not going to get the decision that we want. We're not going to hear that we're going to have this in place. It's going to be ready in two years. We're going to the 12 team playoff because every conference has what they want. They're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. But with this happening, maybe I'm just hopeful more than anything and trying to connect Mm -hmm. dots that. Really aren't there, but well, Klyavkov is all in on the playoff, and he he's he's about really the only one who's come out and made his feelings known. Um, we have an idea what some of the other conference commissioners were thinking, but that's it. It's Trent, you you got me thinking now, You're right? Um, why haven't we heard anything other than the fact? Well, we'll we're meeting again tomorrow. <laughs> come on, yeah. There's not much meat on the bone. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Maybe we do get some uh, news. Here today. All right, uh, real quick on this. I we'll get more to eleven thirty or so with Nick Olson. Uh, Iowa State lost. It's not a surprise, but some of their their big names have made it official: Mike Rose, Brock Purdy, etc. Uh, that uh, that they are moving on. Um, and we'll come back and take advantage of that extra year that was available to them. But basketball, Trent, for thirty minutes on, on Saturday evening, I thought you know what. Cyclones are going on the road and winning a game in the Big 12, and, yep. I, and that's not easy to do mm-hmm. uh, because I, they have a double-digit lead in the second half. And then the Iowa State team that we've seen up until that point, especially in the last 10 minutes, they kind of got away with that, from that rather. It was layup after layup after layup for gave, Oklahoma. Gave up 47 in the second half, and you're right, just the way that it went. If mm-hmm. If a team's just shooting lights out, you got a hand in the face and guys are hitting shots, you kind of throw yeah, up your arms and say, okay, happen. so be it. Right. Yep. But not like that. Mm-mm. That is not what we anticipated at all. We talked about defense travels, and it's going to be there every yeah. single time. And for 30 minutes, it did it travel. It was, yeah. And, oh, man, what what was going on with that point spread? How dumb is Vegas? Right. So, well, ultimately, they got that one mm-hmm. right. But just the way that that played out in the fashion that it was has to be pretty concerning, I think, that... Well, to, it went that way. The, in a game where you shot the ball well, yeah, actually. Yeah, they did. They, they hit did, threes. Right? 47% from three. In a game like that, yep. you have the lead. You're up double digits. Mm-hmm. And then it just dissipates in a, a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. It's a game. It's one game out of 18 that you're going to play in the conference. But I think there are some concerns that pop up about that, that the defense just... just I. Can you put your finger on one thing, though? That was the problem. It was the layups that they got. Right. You know I mean, who it was? It was this kid. I, didn't, I mean, Cortez, the kid with the hair. But how does that happen? How does this team play I, this good defensively and, and time in and time out against a lot of good guards? And You're right. Suddenly, and it like was that. it was it was Jacob Groves. It was the younger of the Groves late in the basketball game that was doing the damage. I mean, Tanner got his. Uh, he's tough to stop in the point. Gibson had a really good game. Mm-hmm. Um the flopping calls, the technical, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem really with the warning. It just seemed like it was such a critical point. I mean, the game, you could say the game turned at that point. It did, yeah. It right? felt that, was that way. the beginning yeah. of the end. Right. And another call that doesn't uh-huh. go Iowa State's way, and I get it. I've, 
I like that refs are doing this with the flop. Yeah, because flopping is such a... It's it such is. A, you have to get it out of the game. Yeah. That's something that needs to mm-hmm. be cleaned up. We talked, of course, Friday about the leg kick. Yep. And this is another part of the game. Yep. Just make the game better. Mm-hmm. Flopping does not make the game better. Kick your leg out does not make nope. the game better. And I get it on that one, but you're right. It just... That was the point where it felt like everything came crashing down right after that. What can you do? Just go out and play. Yeah. And now they got a big opportunity tomorrow. Ooh. I mean, all the rough feelings Kansas, that you have. Kansas, Texas this week, Trent. Yes. Kansas and Texas this week. And Ooh. find a way to get at least win in the, one in the win column. You're feeling great. You have to split it. I totally agree with you. How about the Big 12 this week? Mm. Kansas goes on the road to Lubbock. Texas Tech picks them off. Texas, who've been starting to look as though they're figuring out. Off they go to Stillwater. They got clobbered. Um just a wild, wild weekend in 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 the Big Twelve, a, a, a conference that's a little defense. Oh, absolutely! Right? Yeah, TCU led at the half against Baylor. They did. Now there's two mm-hmm. halves of the game, and sure. the second half was what we anticipate out of Baylor. But TCU, that team's got a pulse, and that Miles kid, I love him. I mean, that dude is so so good. Their point guard, and he does. Bring yeah, I never watched a minute him. of that game. He uh, he's really really talented, uh-huh. but. You know, that's a tough out. You're trying to find where do those road victories come? Had an opportunity Saturday. They had one. Yep. Had Oklahoma one. State, Double maybe. Digit de- uh, K-State, maybe. K-State's playing hard. They had a bunch of guys that have been out the last couple of weeks. They had a big COVID pause. true, they did. And they haven't got wins, but they've been mm-hmm. playing really, really hard. Weber, I think he's got a group. They're not very good. They're not very talented, but it's kind of his kind of team, if you will, at Kansas State. You going to go to the Octagon and get a win? Mm. Maybe. Mm. There's not a lot of them. And that's, I think, another thing that leads to the frustration of Saturday, because they were up double-digit leads in the final in the final half, um, and, and and they couldn't close the deal. Trent, this team was never going to be a two seed, right? Which right. you know we started right. to see when the some of the first or the early uh, brackets came out. This team was never going to be a two seed, but they've got the four quad one wins uh, in their pocket. You know, if you can somehow hang around and get a six, I still think six is one of the most underrated seeds mm-hmm. in the tournament. The way that it, uh, the way that it shakes out, five or six to me is perfect. Um, preferably six over six. the five. Absolutely, six is my favorite seed. If you know, if you're not one of the elite teams in college basketball and you get in, obviously you don't want the eight, nine, seven. Mm-hmm. But six is just ideal because you know, eventually of, get to the three if it shakes out that way. And a lot of times you'll get a team that was playing in Dayton, playing in one of the play-in games. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they come out of the eleven seed to get a couple of those. That's so true. get an opportunity there. Now that play it one way or the other. A team coming in short rest, making the travel wherever you're going to be playing, but. I'm with you. That is, and I think that's a realistic goal. I do too. I still think they're a tournament team. What I saw on Saturday did nothing to change my opinion. Now, Kansas, if they get blown out, Texas, if Texas comes Mm -hmm. into town and just wallops them, I'm not ready to go there yet. I think that this was, TJ's got their full attention in practice because for 30 minutes they looked like Iowa State this year. They looked like Iowa State guarding their you-know-what's off, but it seemed like just Oklahoma just got to the basket. At will in the final 10 minutes of the game. For the first time all season long, they didn't look like Iowa State. Something was off. Anyways, you know, it was disappointing selfishly last night. I love Sunday night Big Ten basketball, right? Yeah. I really do. Ohio State and Maryland was last night. Wisconsin, Maryland. Wisconsin, Maryland. Yeah. Beg your pardon. Wisconsin, Maryland. Well, that proves I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. But I sure would have liked to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
But not, you're not getting no, away from the NFL game, though, for absolutely that. Absolutely not. With all that on the line last night, my gosh, the NFL. So, 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 so good. All right, so let's No do Sunday your... night basketball next week, but Iowa does play at one. In Iowa State, when do they play? The Texas game has been announced. It was announced, too. What time's it? Uh, the Iowa Please State. Please be early in the afternoon. It is. Let me find it here. I was just scrolling through. Uh, Saturday NFL starts 15. at 3.30. How about 1 o'clock? Yes. All right. Yeah, that's good. Works. Perfect. Right. Absolutely perfect. Sports viewing God shining on <laughs> right. Miller and Condon here. Uh, so so that'll work. Um, your Bears. Let's do that real quick. Yeah. And save a couple of minutes for the Vikings. Obviously, there's a ton of Vikings fans in our listening audience as well. No surprise Nagy went. I think there's some... Some an element of surprise that it was both of them. Ryan Pace was right. also shown the door. Now the other question becomes: What happens with the team president and Ted Phillips? Yeah, right, because does he is, get to decide who is making the call? Do you ever remember an NFL job that the it's not just about the GM and the coach? There's been so much talk about the team president, if you no, will. Not that far. It doesn't go that deep. No, uh-uh. and this is not just. There's one guy that's kind of a talking point, mm-hmm. you know, where one writer, one talking head is. No, this is across Bears landscape. It's not just the GM. It's not just the coach. It goes so much deeper than that. Ownership's not changing. The McCaskies nope. are not selling. No. Nope. George is going to be there. Virginia is going to be in the box. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to be. That's not changing, but the president. And there's an easy job for it because he is a good businessman. Yeah, just move them to business only. Business only. But then who's going to make who's who's going to make the coaching and the GM hires? Well, and then he, is it George McCaskey? Great. Uh, you know, that guy, you know, doesn't know his ass from his elbow. You, you don't want them as it pertains right. to football decisions. So that's what you get into. And uh-huh. it's incredibly frustrating when you know that there is a structure that just doesn't work, that you don't have enough football people there. So what can you do? You know, what can you do to restructure an organization that ultimately – you're not confident it's going to be able to make the right choice and make a choice that's competent. They brought in a CFL coach. <laughs> Ken, you've told us the CFL's a different, it's not even this, it's like bringing in an arena league coach. Mm-hmm. It is. It's different yes. football. Yes. Those two, those two leagues, CFL and AFL, they have a lot in common. Closer maybe than yes, the NFL. they are. And CFL is. Uh-huh. Yet, they did that mm-hmm. a couple of hires back. Mm-hmm. That's where I am. I don't have confidence that ultimately... They're going to get this right. Who's gonna Who's gonna make the Vikings hire? The Wilfs? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point too, and and that's also shows you the difference of the conversations that we've had. Because do you know the organizational structure of the Vikings? I, I assume. It's yeah, I mean Wilfs, Spielman, Zimmer. But is there a football guy at the top? I don't know that. But we know that with the Bears, and uh-huh. I think that's the only organization that we really we know that because of these conversations. That's. Well, Denver had one, Joe Ellis. Uh-huh, right, yep. Um, but he's he's hands-off this time because he's when the ownership change is there, mm-hmm. he's out the door. No, it's a fair point. We'll have to um, – I know we have Cappy Wednesday, but we should try and do some Vikings or Bears tomorrow. I want to throw this at you. So, Brian Flores, weird. Uh-huh. You're the Vikings and the Bears. You're bringing in Flores for an interview Without at minimum, doubt, right? If he'll come. Right. Because he might have something better on the hook already. What else would he have? Um, I don't know. There's a couple. Of, I mean, I think you have to take the Raiders off the table, right? I think mm-hmm. you draw a line through the race. So what is the best job open right now? Best job open right now. So, so we know that Jacksonville is open. We know that Denver is open. We know Chicago is open. We know Miami's open. We know Minnesota's open. 
What's the what job do you want? Do you want? Do you need to have a quarterback? Is, is when you're if you've mm-hmm. got three or four, are you taking into consideration who's playing quarterback before ultimately you take that job? Because Denver, I don't think has a quarterback. Although True Lock played really well, right? Boy, yeah. he teased the hell out of me. Yes, I tur- I I came away from that game thinking, you know what? Give the kid another chance, <laughs> one um, more time. Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, thirty-five million. What's the, what does he go to next year? Forty million? Yep, guaranteed. Bears have a young quarterback. And that's Miami how has Tua. I know there's people that like him. I'm not enamored, nor am I. But. Do they ultimately go out and are they able to get Deshaun Watson? Well, more, it was, there was apparently there was a better chance that they would mm-hmm. had Flores have been there. Aha. That was another thing interesting reading today that the relationship with Flores and Tua was a big reason for this. Is that, that right? About the structure, yeah. GM huh. staying, Flores is gone, and some people said that that relationship had gone sour, and that was one of the reasons that Flores was ultimately shown the door. So they might believe that Tua is the guy, and they're happy with it, and Completion percentage is good. Got some mm-hmm. young receivers. Yeah, I think the Miami job would probably be the one that I would say out of that group. I think they were, what, a nine-win team this year? Uh, yeah, nine-win team. Seven-game win mm-hmm. streak. Of course, mm-hmm. a seven-game losing mm-hmm. streak before it. But I guess Miami, Minnesota's a good organization. No, it's a good, it's a good job. Now, they got a lot of guys, a lot of free agents on both sides of the football. Of all of this, though, the most surprising element was for me Spielman getting fired. Because mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for Spielman. In fact, I wouldn't mind the Bears making a phone call there to have him run the organization. He knows how to build a team. You know, this has been my complaint for Ryan Pace now for, what, five years? He's a good scout. He can go out there and he can find guys late in the draft and free agents. He's done a nice job of that. I just never thought he knew how to build an NFL football team. How to put the pieces together in the right way. Rick Spielman can do that. Mm-hmm. He can do that, I think, in a big-time way. I have a lot of respect for him, and that was my surprise. Again, I'm not a Vikings fan, so I'm not in it at the same level. But just the respect that I have for Spielman, I was surprised to see him shown the door. Zimmer, we knew it was happening. And did you see the the shot of him and his son taking a picture as they were coming out onto the field? No, the is that time? right? Yeah, yeah, I saw that uh, come across the Twitter yeah. timeline yesterday, knowing that ultimately this is it. it's going to be over. Yeah, this was this was it. Yes, pretty cool moment. Nothing. All right, Scott Dockerman coming up. Mike Palm will head to uh, Vegas. I'm anxious to find out I mean, the um, the liability that that would have swung the millions of dollars mm-hmm. that uh, would have swung on the Daniel Carlson field goal or the kneel down just to, uh, playing for the tie. Whatever, boy, that was entertaining as hell. Scott Dockerman next. Miller and Conan. Right now, though, Trent, you ready for this? What do you got over it's there? Keyword time, dude. Oh, all right. Time for another thousand dollars slam dunk. There's no texting. You go to kxno.com, kxno.com, and enter the keyword fun. That's fun right now, kxno.com, fun. Miller and Condon back with uh, Scott Dockerman. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Ken at uh, KXNO.com. The keyword this hour uh, is fun. KXNO.com and enter fun. 
That's the key word in the 10 o'clock hour. Scott Darkerman, he joins the program back from vacation. Much deserved vacation as he pulled double duty in Orlando with the clones and then the Hawks. And uh, he joins us. Hello, Scott Darkerman. Happy New Year to you since the first time we speak in 2022. How are you, Doc? I mean, these temperatures are a bit much, but uh, mm-hmm. other than that, uh, I think we're, we're just rolling along. Here we are nearing mid-January already. Indeed. So we found out about Belton last week, found out about Moss last week. When's Tyler Linderbaum's decision going to be made official, whether he's going to depart for the NFL, as most feel that he would? Although I'm not sure it's the same number, the high number that uh, that we just all assumed was going to happen. It was like it was a foregone conclusion. Is there some uncertainty there, Doc? Have we got another T.J. Hawkinson situation brewing? What are you hearing? Yeah, I don't really know as far as like what day you know his declaration is coming out. Generally, they, they try to space those out. Uh, they've done that for a few years out of respect for one another to where it's uh, some if they're done in the same day that, you know, even the hours are spaced apart. So my guess is you'll find there'll be a couple of different declarations here pretty soon, whether they return or leave or, you know, transfer portal, of course, is completely different. But I would expect uh, to know probably within the next few days. You know he doesn't have he doesn't owe anybody anything. You know that when he has a deadline, it's next Monday uh, to make that decision. He's already a college graduate. Uh, you know the one difference, as you mentioned, like with like with T.J. Hawkinson, when you're a small town Iowa kid and you go to Iowa City and you experience all that Iowa City offers, it's uh, it's a different entity than it is for people who aren't necessarily from the state of Iowa. And, and so I'm sure it's pretty difficult for him. But, you know, if it's a heart versus head decision, you got to make the head decision, which is, yep. um, you know, <laughs> he can make uh, significantly more money leaving than it in an IL when he, if he comes back. Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer, certainly from this side, but tugging at the very least. You mentioned Dame Belton, his departure, the cash position. It is a new wrinkle to the Iowa defense. They've had a couple of really talented guys back there, starting with Hooker mm-hmm. and now going to Belton. So, is Aver Wampa the heir apparent to that spot? And if it isn't, who else would be running to run that cash position in your mind? Yeah, that's a great question, Trent. And I think a part of it is uh, I asked Phil Parker last summer, you know, who is kind of your, you know, it seems like Imani Hooker is the kind of the prototype for that. He actually said if we would have had this with Desmond King, he would have been mm. fantastic. And, and I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. That's pretty much what he's played in the NFL. I think Xavier and Wampa is, is probably – He's got a really good shot there. But I also think there's a few other players that could drift over there. I mean, you look at – they've got three quality cornerbacks with now with Riley Moss returning, and you've got Jamari Harris who played his best game and that against Kentucky. And then Terry Roberts will come back from an injury. and You, you kind of want to find a, a place for him to get on the field. And then, you know, in the back part, you've got Kayvon Merriweather. He could certainly play that position. Uh, you've got to replace uh, – uh, Jack Kerner, but you also have Quinn Schulte, Cooper DeGene, uh, Sebastian Castro was the backup cash, uh, this year. So th- they've got a lot of, they've got a lot of riches <laughs> in that backfield. But I think, uh, kind of like the, the old, uh, fast tracks at like Disney, uh, you know, Xavier is certainly in that fast track lane. He's going to find a place to get on the field right away. And the fact that he's enrolling this month will help him get 
more acclimated than it would have if he would have just came in even in the summer. But even then, I still think he'd probably find his way to the field somehow. Doc, uh, trying to take the pulse of the fan base, and, and maybe I mean you might not agree, but it just seems like I get the sense that, that Hawkeye Nation, that, that the 10-win season is almost hollow. That there's just, yeah, they won double-digit games, but... I mean, I think if you go back in the beginning of August, everybody would have signed for a 10-win season. Was it the fact that they lost to Michigan uh, in the Big Ten Championship and then lost their bowl game? Uh, the fact that they lost back-to-backers to end it? It just seems like a double-digit win is unsatisfactory to most. I don't know about that. I think that this has been a real successful season for Iowa. When you look at the when you look at the talent level, it you know frankly to have that kind of offense and squeeze ten wins out of that is is something remarkable. I mean they had an elite level defense. I think in some ways what you're looking at is you know the climb up to six wins to to have that you know four versus five game and or three versus four frankly um, against Penn State and uh, to win that game that was kind of the pinnacle of the season. I think really. I don't. I would not suggest there's any apathy there at all. But I think that maybe if there's a level of discontent, it's probably more with the offense and uh, just not feeling like the offense can go out and build that kind of excitement that sometimes you want or need from your football team. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that it's been a ho hum type of season. And and I kind of looked at it going into that game against Kentucky. Frankly, uh, that. In other years, a bull win was necessary to kind of put a statement on that season, like uh, you know, beating Boston College, beating USC, you know, or Mississippi State, or you know, going way back. There were others. This wasn't that that type of game. I thought that ten wins, hey, that's a pretty good year for this Iowa team, and and uh, you know, and, and granted, you know, there are, there are other teams uh, that would have loved to have had ten wins. We're expected to have 10 wins that are, are in the region, no less. Right. No doubt about it. DACA, with that, you know, in the offseason, we always hear these stories. I remember when Iowa, when uh, Parker and the defensive staff went and talked to Georgia and hung out with them and saw what they did. And one of the biggest things that came out of that is the rotation and using six, seven, eight guys along the defensive line. And we've seen what a coup that has been for the Iowa defense. So you get a phone call. Brian Farron says, Scott Docterman. Who should I go talk to? What offensive staff, offensive system that would make sense for Iowa? Would you say go there, learn some things, take some things away to help out this offense? No question, it's not in the college football realm. It's in the pros, and I'd have him go talk to uh, to San Francisco and yeah. and talk to uh, Kyle Shanahan. Now you don't want to have their uh, type of <laughs> you know the play calling is so long and we unwieldy it wouldn't work at this level but <laughs> but the fact is that they run a zone type run scheme like Iowa but it's just much more effective because they use a lot more misdirection and I, I really think that Iowa's run scheme the more I look at it yes there are issues I think once you if you could get it to where you master it it's a pretty, it's really good. It's really effective. It's just sometimes when you have a young line, it's hard to master. But I, I think that the passing game is where that upgrade needs. And it's, I think it's conceptual. And, and you, you, they don't necessarily need to go with any kind of air raid because that's, that's not their style or philosophy. But I think if you could get a pro-style uh, shakeup in, in the passing game, the route trees, the concepts, the timing, everything that way, I think that's what they need to do. And, and I would suggest either... Uh, the 49ers or the Rams as being those types of templates because they do it so well. And uh, as we saw yesterday with 
was the 49ers in the, in the second half. They were able to run the ball at will and against a really good team, against mm-hmm. one of the best defensive players of all time. And Iowa likes to do that, too. So I would definitely suggest San Francisco. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is our guest. Doc, I uh, have to ask uh, just the quarterback position. If you're hearing anything, do you anticipate that, you know, one, uh, a Padilla or Petrus might be headed elsewhere? Are, are they, is the coaching staff, have you heard, are they actively uh, pursuing any quarterback that may be out there in the transfer portal? What are you hearing about the quarterbacks both on the roster now and who, if any, may be coming? Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of speculation um, that I know of, and and I, I would say this: I do know Iowa has looked into the transfer portal. How much contact? How deep it's getting? You know, is it more cursory? Is it more? Hey, just wanting to see what you're doing, and then if they say, ah, not Iowa, okay, move on. Or you know, I I think there's a couple that they've talked to, um, but you know, it, so much of it depends on who they've got on their roster, and, and right now. It is, uh, is Spencer Petras and Alex Padilla going to be on it in the spring? And that's a really, that's a question I, you, you would think just speculating that it's not going to be the case, that one of them is probably going to go. And my guess would be Alex Padilla. But, um, but that said, they haven't made that announcement yet. Uh, I'm sure that they're, uh, you know, just watching Alex's, <laughs> uh, Instagram. He seems to be, uh, you know, putting up a lot of stuff from, this past season, uh, I think you can read the tea leaves either way. Uh, I, 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 the one thing I do know is that there is a lot of uh, faith in, in Joey Labus, the the true freshman, that they really like this kid, and and the defensive coaches swear by him, and they say a lot of good things about him. So if that's the case, let him at least compete, and maybe that maybe he's their answer. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's the one or. You know, or they say, okay, Spencer's going into the spring as the starter, but you're, you're going to have every opportunity. I think that's the fair thing to do. And as far as uh, the transfer portal, I don't know. I do think that um, they've got to give it a fair shot. You just can't be the same way passing game-wise that you've been the last few years. That could be a very much improved Spencer Petrus, or that could be a uh, better, uh, you know, or somebody else. But I, I think that is the area that has to improve, bar none, for this team to go from being a pretty good program to go to actually the Big Ten championship game to one that that can maybe win it. Uh, we got one minute left, Doc. Who do you like tonight, and why is college football married to having their championship on a Monday? No buzz coming out of the weekend. Put it on Thursday. Get two or three days to build up to it. Media days don't get lost in the shuffle as they did this weekend. Who do you like, and why are they married to Monday to have the natty? Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to go against Bama after the way they treated Georgia and that SEC championship. Uh, I thought Georgia would have won that game, but it didn't, and, and Bama's played really well, so I'll go with Bama on that one. Uh, the, you know, the Monday night thing, I mean, college football moves at a glacial pace, as we're going to see with the playoff. Yeah. I imagine it goes through 2026. Uh, they they got to do something different. I mean, you know, the, the, the New Year's Eve thing was ridiculous. Yep. I mean, the ratings were poor for a really good product. They just need to shake the whole thing up, and it might take four or five years before that happens. It's like having a uh, having your ice cube tray and, and no way to break up the ice uh, cubes themselves. Doc, we'll talk to you in a week. Thank you for what you do. What do you have this week at the Athletic? Anything you want to promote? 
Yeah, I'm writing about the uh, the playoff and how ridiculous it is that they've had this little standoff, like the good, the bad, the ugly. And then, uh, you know, I think I'll dip my toe in the basketball water later this week when we've got Iowa, Indiana. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that and uh, talking to a few players that have decided to, to leave the Hawkeyes. Good stuff. We'll see if you can work in moving that to a Thursday because I, uh, I think that's in the future. We <laughs> shall see. Doc, thank you as always. Uh, we'll talk to you in a week's time. Appreciate it, Scott Dockerman. All right, have a wonderful week, guys. You do the same. Scott Dockerman uh, from The Athletic. 1045, off to Vegas we shall go when we come back. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bama Bob, Trent, and I at 11.05 on the national championship game. The Nick Olsen uh, from uh, the 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert. About 11.30, we'll recap Iowa State and take a look ahead to tomorrow. Iowa State, Kansas, ESPN Plus for that one. Off to Vegas, we shall go. So many sports betting topics that we wanted to have Mike Palm on. We will get him on Friday as well to preview Wild Card Weekend. Uh, but, Mike, such a crazy weekend in Vegas, and I got such a kick out of watching Derek Stevens, who owns Circa, celebrating with the people that just took millions of dollars of his money. Uh, that that was outstanding. I'm so glad somebody caught that and put it on Twitter. And all those Circa survivors survived to the bitter end and split the big prize. How are you? Yeah, uh, great. What a sweat uh, the whole weekend was, starting with the Chiefs-Broncos game for uh, two of the five remaining survivors on Saturday. And then all the craziness of yesterday, starting with, the Colts losing at Indianapolis, which set up all these wild scenarios for that uh, final game of the season, which uh, I guess we could probably talk about for months. Oh, really? <laughs> that, that game was just absolutely incredible. So uh, you had the five people that were remaining in Circa Survivor. You had people that were hedging, others that decided not to. Ultimately, did you guys take all the hedging bets, or did they go to other properties to try to get extra money down? So Billy Chip is from Florida, who was, uh, uh, was on the Chiefs. Uh, on Saturday, did not hedge at all. In fact, he asked Jeez. us for an alternate line, Chiefs minus 20 and a half, and we gave it to him, and he bet it. <laughs> that didn't work out so well, no. but he, he, was a, he, he didn't believe in hedging, um, not at all, and, and he thought it was a, a bad juju to go against your own bet. He had saved the Chiefs all year for this spot, and he wasn't going to do it. He did, uh, he did make a money line parlay of the other players' picks yesterday, um, hmm. you know, which which is a smart move because if he loses that parlay, he increases his share of the of the six million. So he cashed that because the remaining picks yesterday, um, Tennessee, uh, Tampa Bay, and the Washington Football Team all won. So all five guys got there. They split one point two million, and then the two that had Kansas City and the one that had Tampa Bay shared three ways the million dollar bonus for using one of last year's Super Bowl teams in your final selection. So, I mean, when we said you got to go 20-0 and and use one of those two teams the last week to get the million-dollar bonus, I thought, boy, that's going to be tough. But three people actually did it. So two guys got $1.2 million, and three guys got $1.53 million. Not a bad payout for a $1,000 contest. Hey, one of those guys' uh, names, his contest name was Syracuse Hawkeyes. Of course, that one uh, popped any local connection? Do we got an Iowa in the one here? Anything you can tell us about the entry Syracuse Hawkeyes? 
you know, he was there yesterday, um, but I didn't get to meet him because I was I took the day off. We had our baby shower yesterday, so I wasn't at the at the casino. I'll see him on Friday because that's when we do the payouts and give out the big checks mm-hmm. and the awards and all that. So I'll try to find out on Friday afternoon uh, anything more about uh, about this gentleman. I know he was dressed in orange. They said uh, <laughs> yesterday, so I'm sure. I'm sure he's probably a Syracuse grad. We'll find out what the Hawkeye connection meant. Interesting. Mike Palm from Circa, of course, Circa, in the uh, state of Iowa. You can download the app at the App Store, uh, Circa Sports. Mike, uh, Daniel Carlson, boy, he sure seemingly did the properties a massive, massive favor by making that 47 or whatever it was yard field goal at the end uh, of overtime yesterday. How much, how much liability did Circa have and do you have any idea how much liability there was, I guess, around the country? Because so many people had jumped on that tie, tied it up with props and huge paying props. Any idea what it saved Circa and what it saved the industry? I don't know what it saved the industry. Remember, we we took the tie bet, yes, though, the last four weeks of the year so that the survivors could hedge their pick. Um, I can tell you what it, that it was, it was close to seven figures for us in terms of what we would have lost. The swing uh, on the game might have been seven figures. There was one, the fact that the Raiders, we lose the game to the Raiders because the people had the Raiders plus three. But one player had a six-teamer. I think it was 3,000 paid 200,000 with the last Chargers minus three. So we saved losing that. But the tie, you know, we start almost all these ties out to yes at something like plus 175 to one. It varies a little bit. By the time this game kicked, it was down to eleven and a half to one. Really, I believe. I believe when the when the Colts lost, <laughs> yeah. we moved it to five to one, and they bet it down to eleven and a half to one. It was absolutely amazing. Jeez, I, I mean, have you outside of a Super Bowl? Have you ever seen anything like that? No, we haven't. And boy, it sure looked like we were going to be on the uh-huh. short end of it there. I mean, when they got to the two minute warning, I think we were a big dog. Right, because yeah. you know, three. If if they don't gain 15 yards on three running plays, the game's over. Yeah. They didn't even have to. They could have taken a knee, and you can argue what was Staley doing calling the timeout? Why did they risk getting a field goal block? Whole bunch of things. I think though, if you understand the Raiders Chargers rivalry, I think that if it was the final play of the game, the Raiders would have tried a 57 yarder with mm-hmm. Carlson had they not. Any yards on third down. I, I really believe that. Mm, interesting. What an incredible spectacle. Well, we've got a national championship game tonight. Um, Alabama, a three-point favorite seemingly a- a- everywhere right now. Do you think it stays at three? And who do you think you're going to need when the uh, game kicks off just after 7 Central time? You know, on all these football games of importance where there's a favorite of three points or less, it's funny because we need the favorite to win by one or two almost all the time to, to thread the needle because what they do is they take the three points, <clears throat> they lay the three points with the, 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 the favorite, and then they take the money line on the dog in general, right? So, for example, we need Alabama plus three, but we need Georgia money line. Uh, it, it, it's just, just, I, I would say the last six to seven weeks of the year, I saw this every week in different games with these betting patterns. So, you know, we opened the game a pick. They bet Georgia. They bet Georgia. They bet Georgia. We dropped it to two and a half on Friday. Went back up to three on Saturday. I think it stays three now. Um, there's a very little decision on the total. It sits at fifty-two and a half. Not much of a decision for us. So, ideally, we'd like to see Georgia um, 
Georgia win the game by one or two or even three. Um, but who knows? I mean, we're, we're still whatever we are here, 10 hours from kickoff, and, and many things can change until then, although this is a pretty solid market because they've been betting it for the last eight or nine days. Georgia 24-23, that's what you're going for right there and get that victory. Hey, Mike, congratulations on the baby girl. Another one coming into the family, saw your baby shower, and, and how about your host on, on uh, Odds On, Amal? Coming in, just a bottle of water and right out the door. Good work out of him. <laughs> nice. I had vegan food there for him, too, and he said, no, just one bottle of water. And, but I, I appreciate them all coming in. Good stuff. Hey, Mike, we'll talk to you on Friday, okay? We'll uh, preview Wild Card Weekend with you. But this, as busy as Vegas was, as crazy as it was in the sports betting world, we had to double dip you here today. So we're grateful you found time. Thank you, Mike Palm. Thanks, guys. Talk to you Friday. Yep, talk to you Friday. Mike Palm, Circus Sports. Oh, wow. Can you imagine the no. sweat on $2 million on the line? How about the two guys that had the 49ers down 17 nothing? Jesus. Unbelievable. Hour two coming up next. Bama Bob Trent and I will start with this national championship game. Miller and Condor on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.